Sing it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello and happy Friday, everyone. We have, of course, great conversations coming up throughout the show, and most of that is from you. We'd love to hear from you today, 773-763-9278. That's the number to call or text and join the show. Coming up at 6 o'clock, we will talk to the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. Scott Stantis will join us, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to cover. Uh, Scott and I both contribute to a, a group called Center Clip, where you can hear from voices on all ends of the... all points of the political spectrum. And uh, today's topic is who are the winners and losers of the week. So let me know if you have any thoughts on that. I know some of folks were saying that Nikki Haley's a big stumble in uh, regards to questions about why the Civil War occurred at all. Uh, Was slavery involved? And uh, (laughs) a lot of tap dancing on her part. And then last night she was uh, had a CNN uh, town hall. And uh, I think she looked great. I think that's one of the things that she uh, does so well is taking a topic and you kind of feel like you have a um, almost a maybe a, a high school teacher explaining to you how things work. Uh, I don't agree with her on anything uh, politically, but uh, she t- uh, one of the things she said was that uh, Trump should be pardoned because otherwise the country can't go forward. And I don't I think I think we can do it. I think we can manage. So that'll be uh, part of our conversation with Scott coming up later, as well as the resignation of Wayne DePierre from uh, the NRA, because uh, it has been discovered or well, for a while now, we've been talking about how he's been funneling money from the NRA for his own lavish lifestyle. So what's on your mind? What stories do you want to talk about today? Turi, of course, talking to the mayor of Woodstock, Mike Turner, about a bus of migrants who were uh, transported to Woodstock, Illinois, and all the planning involved there. As far as the, uh, he said that there was a chaperone with them who had already pre-bought train tickets to send them to Chicago. So they basically drove past Chicago because we do have restrictions for the buses coming in uh, because they are not coordinating with uh, city officials and letting us know so that we can prepare and uh, have the right people in place to make sure that folks have housing and have food and clothing. So I thought that was a great conversation. Uh, Again, what's on your mind today? 773-763-9278. We're driving it home until 7. So uh, join us anytime. We also have uh, First Timer Friday. So if you've never called the show before, we have $25 gift certificates to give away today from some great local businesses. So we'd love to share that with you. If you've never called the show today, we would love to hear from you. So that's 773-763-9278. And I... uh, I have um, uh, been thinking a lot about uh, what we need to do with this show in particular, right? I, I know we've talked a lot about heading into the general election in November. We need to be volunteering, door knocking, phone banking, texting, donating to candidates that we really believe in. Perhaps you're waiting until after the primary and the uh, candidates have been established in your area. I do uh, want to know what you think. We need to get more experts on here to talk about messaging and what we need to focus on. Uh, the idea that um, President Biden is the wor- 
the worst president in history, that he's uh, a terrible. Pre- I, I, I just I, I know that perception is everything. And of course, if you're not feeling it in your checkbook, uh, if you're looking at your bills and you're thinking, how am I going to make it? Uh, everything feels intensely painful. We, we all took a pretty big financial hit during the pandemic. I'm still clawing my way out of it as well. Uh, not not as far ahead as I would like to be with retirement savings and uh, taking care of uh, everything I need to. My, my goal in life is to make sure that Declan, my son Declan, who is uh, intellectually and physically disabled, has all the care he will need for the rest of his life. And so those are that's my priority. And so in addition to that, make sure that my son Griffin, who, you know, um, needs to know that he has a support. It won't be all on his shoulders. Uh, and he, you know, he knows that we uh, take those plans into account for his future as well. Uh, and one of the reasons I ran for office in 2019 is because Illinois at the time was one of the worst states in the country when it comes to services for individuals with disabilities, uh, whether they're infants uh, all the way through the end of life care. Uh, there are some great organizations that are stepping up and doing the right things. And like Little City is uh, using grants to build facilities that will uh, pr- provide care for those who are aging. Because when you think about it, not only does somebody have physical and intellectual challenges, then as we get older, that can be exacerbated by health issues. Um, some people who um, maybe develop uh, you know, arthritis or uh, Alzheimer's or, you know, all the things that maybe as we age can be um, a struggle in addition to that being physically challenged and and intellectually uh, disabled can uh, really be a a lot of work. And I, I, when I ran in 2019, I I would tell people we're one of the worst in the country and, and I would share that information. And unfortunately that continues to be the case. The, uh, the candidate that I ran against, uh, does not seem to be carrying the banner, uh, as she said she would, uh, fighting for the care and the, uh, services, support services, and not just care. A lot of it is also access to work, uh, making sure that those who do provide the services have pay so that we have a very robust, labor market, labor force that can care for individuals. So I uh, am very disappointed because there is word today that there are going to be many providers across the state of Illinois that will be cutting hours. Um, And that's not sustainable for families like mine. So those are some of the things that uh, are on my my mind today. And as we head into the general election, uh, what do we need? What do we need to be focusing on Uh, the idea that, uh, man, President Biden's speech today? uh, (laughs) I really I I loved his uh, essentially I I love President Biden's kickoff speech today. And when he said, I am grateful that my Irish doesn't always show meaning his anger, his uh, passion or rage. But uh, that was a a great moment. What were your thoughts on President Biden's speech today? We'd love to hear from you. 773-763-9278. Again, today we're going to talk to Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. He'll be joining us in the six o'clock hour. And uh, we have First Timer Friday coming up at 530. You can give us a call at 773-763-9278. And if you want to know about the signal, sometimes folks are like, where else can I listen to WCP? 
WTBT 820. You can listen to us on TuneIn. On your TuneIn app, you can search for WCPT, and uh, you'll find Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez streaming right there. You can also watch our Facebook live stream. That's uh, WCPT and the Patty Vasquez Show. You can live stream our show. But if you have never called the show before, we have some great gift cards from local small businesses. So give us a call uh, at 530-773-763-9278. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we will continue our conversation. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200, or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. The phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you again at 773-763-9278. Let's kick it off with Dave in Hoffman Estates. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Yeah, just talking with Paul. I read about a little good week ago, but... uh, uh, you realize they've got this um, shutdown, you know, part, you know, partial shutdown that's uh, only like two weeks away, and that that short-term spending bill that they approved in November extended the funding for the Department of Veteran Affairs and Department of Housing and Urban Development and a few other agencies until January 19th, and the budget deal is not reached before then. Only those offices would be forced into a partial closure, but. Uh, but, you know, VA does have some advanced ap- appropriations to keep the hospitals and benefits offices and most other operations going past the date. But uh, so, but a partial shutdown may have a limited impact on the military and the veterans and that. And, uh, and but Defense Department funding as well as Homeland Security and the rest of the government only runs until February 2nd, too. So, and if the budget ain't reached before then. And that would affect the troops' paychecks and non-essential base services would shutter and family moves would be postponed. Wow. And Unconscionable. Then, right. And if I were to wager, I would say that they will let the government shut down. I think Republicans want to make it seem as though if you're suffering, it's the president's fault. They do everything they can to make President Biden look bad. That's their singular yeah. focus. They only what passed yeah. twenty three bills last year because what they're they they're so focused on working for constituents. I'm not buying it. Yeah, the uh, and they you know they keep saying they want to compromise, but yet the House Republican leaders have insisted that spending limits must be part of any full year budget deal. While the White House officials have insisted that the lawmakers follow the budget outlines agreed upon early last summer as part of the debt limit expansion deal. So. There's the loggerhead they come to now, you know. It's, yeah, you know. Uh, and, and look, if the if the Republicans really had any concerns about our debt, they wouldn't have run it up under President Trump. They wouldn't have given massive tax cuts to to billionaires and corporations. If you look at Massachusetts, they added a four percent tax uh, increase on people earning over a million dollars, and they now have one point five billion dollars they can use to help people to expand education, to provide a, an opportunity for a better life in Massachusetts. And that's a yeah. uh, a state run by Democrats. 
So. Yeah. Yeah, and then how'd you like that the, in the news? Was it this morning or last night they were talking about with this Trump with this emoluments clause? And that yeah. were there were all these million, multi-millions he's gotten from China. And then uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a couple of these, about four or five countries, multiple mega millions he's getting from them. You know, it's like he just whatever rules they've had, he just tears up and and um, I don't know the Congress and the DOJ and that, nobody seems to be able to pull their tail from between their legs. You know, it's like this rule is uh, you know eternal until it uh, applies to Donald Trump. Right. So and uh, and then lastly, so you get the others when you mentioned about that uh, uh, what the hell Lapierre or whatever. The, oh yeah, Wayne Lapierre. The uh, yeah. the now uh, resigned and completely uh, embroiled in scandal, although he has been for a while. It's just whether or not people turn their attention to it and how people it is. Look, I was thinking about this on the way here. I, I feel bad for people who fell for so many lies in so many parts of uh, you know culture in, in the United States, whether it's gun ownership, whether it's women's reproductive health. They, they fell for it, and some of them are waking up to it, and others are, are doubling down. And I think that the, the amount of money that the NRA has both benefited the, their own livelihoods as well as had a massive impact on gun legislation by, by making – Legislators afraid they'll either be primaried or someone will have more funding than them because that's what their PAC does is only elect people who say gun, all guns anywhere, no matter what, no matter how many children are slaughtered in their classrooms, no matter how many people are killed in their places of worship or their grocery stores or movie theaters, or it's just, that's what they do. I feel bad for people who have fallen for that because we all pay the price. Yeah, because if I recall right, you may be able to check up on that after I hang up, but the he, back a couple of years ago, he was trying to grift off of uh, that uh, the money from from the uh, NRA to build a his uh, enclosure around his home, like a you know a wall, you know, uh, like a fortress almost, you know. So, yeah. So he couldn't, you know, so he could be safe. I thought that's kind of odd. This man's a gun owner. <laughs> Why would he need to be encased in a in a fortress? <laughs> right. Anyway, they yeah. shot him down. Pardon the pun. They shot him down. They didn't, you know, let him get the money for it. But uh, yeah, he wanted to build a build a gated uh, fortress for himself at his home with a big wall. So anyway. Let you go right. here and uh, have a good weekend and be well and be safe. Thank you. Have a great one. Take care. Let's get Bye. to thank you. Let's get to Paul from Seattle, the host of Kitchen Table Progressives here on WCPT Sundays. Did I hear you earlier in the day last weekend, or was I not looking at my clock correctly, Paul? You did hear, hear me earlier okay. in the day because I was. It, it was a special uh, extended uh, three hour. Uh, edition oh. of Kitchen Table Progressive on on both New Year's Eve and and on Christmas Eve as well. So, yeah, uh, because the family meeting was they're, they're on sabbatical for a couple of weeks. Gotcha. Well, that's that's great. <laughs> Good to have a little time and stretch <laughs> yeah. out a little bit with conversation. Right, and the, and they will be on sabbatical again uh, this Sunday and the next Sunday. And there's going to be a, a great new, uh, not me, uh, in their place this weekend, but uh, another great new show that everyone should tune into. 
uh, you know, so, um, which will be, uh, from, uh, from four to six, there's, there's a, a new show that will be on, uh, just debuting, uh, this coming Sunday and the following Sunday. Oh, Karen from Chicago, the, one of the top fans of the Stephanie Miller show. I'm like, Paul, who is it? <laughs> Where are we going? That's right. Yes. That's right. Paul just got in my ear. Thank you. Can, was that on Karen, the air or was that just in my Karen. ear? Was it, it was just me? We can do that? Hold on. Because, yeah, I got to have you rolled up. Holy cow. I'm sorry. Paul, I got distracted by by something that hasn't happened before on this show. <laughs> Hold on a second. There's, there's the on-air button. Go ahead. All right, yeah, so I can okay. be on the air if you want me to, but I, yeah. I can also be in your ear and just do a few things. That was so surprising. I haven't had that happen in a long time. Say sweet nothings to me, Paul. What he said to me was that uh, Karen from Chicago has her own show on Sundays. So, yeah, that's exciting. My husband and I were just talking about that the other day. She's great. Yeah, so everyone uh, tune in to that. Tune in to um, this Sunday. Uh, 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 it will be at... Gosh, I can't. All the times are almost four o'clock. Gotcha. O'clock. Right. Well, that okay. doesn't help that you're yet calling from uh, the West Coast, so that, that <laughs> jumbles I things up a little know bit. What time zone I'm ever in? Uh, what, what did I call? Oh, I know what I called. Nikki Haley yeah. the pardon. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. See, if I were if I were on the stage with Nikki Haley, I would say uh, I would be shaking my head. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'd say, <laughs> Governor, I'm sorry, Governor, but. A good Christian South Carolina knows that pardon and forgiveness requires repentance. Repentance. Look, even Richard Nixon resigned. That's at least admitting he did something wrong. Right. right? Okay, so, and he say, he did say, the American people got to know whether that president is a crook. Well, oh, I am not a crook. Oh, dear. Yep. <laughs> it turns out that he kind of was. You see, that was my era, Patty. That was, I mean, uh, summer '73 was a. Uh, I think we watched all we did was sit around and uh, watch the hearings. That's not all we did, but we watched the Watergate hearings. And I know exactly where I was uh, on August 9, nineteen seventy four, when Richard Nixon resigned. Believe it, I was at church camp. <laughs> I was at church camp, and we were listening to it while doing an activity with our. Our cabin partners, our the girls' cabin. We were we were in the dining hall doing some kind of sitting on the floor to circle, kumbaya type thing, and it was on the radio. But no, you know Nikki Haley, like you said, she's kind of like a high school teacher. She she always kind of turns into a left hook. She just kind of yeah, yeah it, because no pardon requires repentance, and Donald Trump has yep. done anything but repent. She also said this once. She said that. Eighty percent of school shootings are by uh, people who've stolen guns from a family member. Uh, I wouldn't characterize it exactly. I would say eighty percent. That's true. The statistic: eighty percent of school shootings are by shooters who got their firearm from a family member who did not secure the firearm, and should be prosecuted for that. Yeah, exactly right. They didn't steal it. The kid didn't steal it from dad, the, the father or mother or whatever. They. Yeah, these are all from people who do because they, there are so many laws. That, there are no laws that require people to secure your dang guns. Yep. I mean, she always, and what I mean, she turns into a left hook, which is she's always set up for that. Which means, in, in like in boxing terms, is that she stands sideways, like she leads with she's got a right hand uh, jab, and she stands sideways. So the left hook, she's got the whole belly and everything exposed to the left hook. That's kind of the analogy I'm making. She does. 
kind of politically. She kind of stands sideways. Right. I and can she see doesn't that. have any. Yeah, she, she doesn't. I mean, she 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 if she would have said, no, Donald Trump should be accountable for what he did. I would have a she would have a whole lot more. I think she'd have gained a lot more out of it. As a, as a as somebody who's coming up and say, yeah, no, no, he, he should he should be right. Held accountable like anybody else, like for for whatever. This is a nation of laws, and, but still, yet she still panders to this mega. I guess she feels she needs them, but there's no, there's just no gaining that way. And what really concerns me is the way the analysts in the media, even on MSNBC, are talking about how the Supreme Court will make their determination about whether Trump should stay on the ballot, like in Colorado and in Maine. And like, oh, they have to kind of, be, it's like they have to walk a fine line to make sure everybody's kind of happy with the decision, you know. It's like, oh, now that I'm, that, oh, one, one analyst said, you know, not that I think that Donald Trump should be on the ballot. No, wait, the Supreme Court should be, what the courts do is they don't talk about issues. They, they talk about questions. Right. The question is, does the state of Colorado have the power to restrict access to the ballot, uh, especially for president? And when you look at the Constitution, where we, I don't know how many times I catch the table progressive, I've tried to point out that you don't, we don't have a constitutional right to vote for president. And the Supreme Court affirmed that in Bush v. Gore in 2000. The, the state of Colorado and the state of Maine, they're not obligated to have any ballot with a presidential candidate on it at all. Because right. the Constitution says that the legislatures of the states shall direct how the electors will be chosen to vote for president. The fact that we have in 48, uh, uh, in all 50 states now, sorry, all 50 states, uh, we have a popular vote that is the way the legislature directs how we will select our slate of electors to vote for president. That's only been since, guess what? In the 1880s. The president, James A. Garfield was the first president, the 20th president to be elected by, so supposedly a vote, a popular vote of the people. Abraham Lincoln wasn't, uh, <laughs> we didn't vote for president. In those days, the only right constitutional right that you had to vote for was your representative in Congress. You're, it, that's it. In those days, you didn't even have a right to vote for your, your senator, U.S. senators, only since uh, 1913 in the 17th Amendment. Have you been uh, a, 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 have a right, a constitutional right to vote for your U.S. senators? And we still don't have a right to vote, a constitutional right to vote for a president. That's the state. That's the state legislature's right. That's why we need. To get rid of the Electoral College, we need a national amendment, right to vote amendment, which means you have a right to vote hmm. for all these offices. And that's the way we can get rid of the Electoral College. I like it. I just don't know what the uh, if there's a sense of urgency or if anyone's is anyone working on such a piece of bill. Any of the legislation? No, well, I think yeah, yeah, actually, yes. Actually, the what will lead to this is. The national popular the, the the national um, popular vote act, which what that says is that um, if enough states that equal up to 270 electoral votes, if we can get enough states, and we're and we're getting there, that the legislatures thereof will pass um, 
will we'll, we'll pass uh, laws, bills, uh, that will, the way in which, and this I'm referring to Article 2, Section 1, Paragraph 2, will direct that the way the slates of electors will be assigned is that who, whomever is the popular vote winner nationwide, that's who those slates of electors will vote for. If we can get enough states to get up to 270 electoral votes, the Constitution allows that states can band together, and uh, then the Congress would have to pass this also, which isn't such a big lift when you think about it, because if you've got 270 electoral votes, uh, you only need 218 votes in the House and 52 votes in the Senate. That's 270. Uh, I think once people realize that, hey, in other words, people in blue, this would be a lot of blue states, and we're over 200 electoral votes now. I think people would start to realize, you mean we don't really have a right to vote for president? This is all a a state-level thing. And when you think about the red states, they could go back to, they could go back to uh, not having popular vote for president. They could do that. That's what I'm saying is that Colorado's under no obligation to have. Right. I I don't know if you've heard me uh, talk about what the, you know, the primaries are not binding either. All the, you know, this is this falls under what I've been trying to understand over the last few weeks when more and more states are, uh, you know, groups are trying to get Trump off the primary ballot and eventually, right. presumably, also the general election. But I would mm-hmm. imagine, I mean, there isn't, there's nothing legally binding about who the Republicans can put on the ballot. They can decide in a caucus to be like, you know what, we got kicked off the ballots. He was still pulling ahead. We're going to put make him our candidate anyway. Yeah, yeah, I. I... I don't I don't quite understand the primary part because the primary is not an election. A primary is not an election because it's nobody's elected to office. No, it's just a gauge. It's just like it's exactly this is this like qualify it's like qualifying for you know you can it's like qualifying for the marathon. Right. You can you can and as I, I think that as of now just filing papers to run for president I don't think Donald Trump or anybody should get particular deference uh, from the the courts, if you are being charged with something, exactly. Remember, remember on, on Laughing, Pat Paulson was perpetually running for president. He actually <laughs> did file papers, but he wasn't a serious candidate. Would he? Would they? Anybody say that Pat Paulson was uh, immune from prosecution or whatever? I mean, it's, you you're, right. oh, you should only be right. have have political deference when you are a candidate on a ballot in at least one state. Uh, I. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. Sorry. I I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how the the, and the question for the Supreme Court is, does the state of Colorado or the state of Maine? And these can be different questions depending how they did it. Do they have the power? The Constitution is all about powers of the primary political structures, which is the three branches of the federal government and the states. Do, Do the states have the power to decide uh who can be on a ballot? Uh, and and I think that it doesn't require that they that Donald Trump be uh, kind of prerequisitely proven to have participated in a in a in a um, an insurrection. Uh, it only it's a, these that in, in Colorado it was a civil case, and it just required that uh, it was and it was an administrative uh, trial. It only proves it only requires a preponderance of the evidence to say that yeah he probably did and in that regard under state Colorado state law no the 
he doesn't. He, he could be excluded from the ballot. A ballot for president that we're not required to have by the right. way, by the Ex- Constitution. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's the question the Supreme Court should be asking, not oh, how are we going to slice it so that everybody's happy, right? Right. So that the Trumpers, it's just like, no, because we're a but, divided nation. Well, this is only going to keep us divided when um, when the courts kind of uh, pussyfoot around with it, trying to make, trying to, you know, uh, second guess and, and make everybody happy. Stick with the law. I mean, I thought the conservatives were all about constitutional originalism anyway. Exactly. That's what I was about to say, is that's that's the whole. But by the way, it's I've heard I think DeSantis yesterday on CNN said that he wants to, you know, as president, he'll presumably have or whatever, whoever's president next may be filling the seats of Alito and Clarence Thomas. Those are his words. He said that that's a possibility or likely. And he said that he wants, you know, he wants jurors, he wants justices who will interpret the Constitution as it was written. Although, it, it, that's the thing, is it, 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 acting as though the Founding Fathers somehow had the sanctosanct ability to determine what we were going to be doing over 200 years later, or how that should be applied to us in modern times. I have a big problem with that, but uh, that's well, just... That's yeah, right. it, has to be, it has to be a living, yes. breathing document. I, I mean, I've made this that's too long of a discussion, but I've said the same thing about the Bible. I've seen the literalists and say, <laughs> yes. so in other oh, words, uh, does it not apply? I thought the Bible was timeless. I mean, yeah. you can't say that. Yeah, I, but here's the thing about Samuel Alito that makes me really laugh. Samuel Alito was the one who wrote the majority opinion in McDonald versus Chicago, the, the case that that um, uh, imported, or I'm sorry, I'm using the wrong word, the 14th Amendment into the Second Amendment. And it made it so that the state, because because uh, right to own firearms, right to keep, keep and bear firearms, is a fundamental right as a United States citizen, then it was incorporated I, I, into the 14th Amendment by Samuel Alito, the supposedly originalist. But oh, wait a minute. If you're using the 14th Amendment, by definition, that's not originalism. Okay? So, exactly. I mean, that just, that just makes my head spin that Mr. Originalist says, Oh, under the 14th Amendment, I'm going to incorporate it into the Second Amendment, and which clearly it doesn't apply. It's like if you're an originalist, you don't need to. The, the Second Amendment applied to the federal government. The Bill of Rights applies to the federal government. It was never intended to apply to the state. It's been, incor- the, it's been incorporated. The Bill of Rights has been incorporated on a case-by-case basis into the states, but people get this confused, and one of the— Boy, am I getting wonky here? One of the reasons is that the Constitution, if you like, do one of those, um, uh, if if you have it in like a, a Word doc, you can do a um, grammar spell check, and, and one of the things you can check is to see that how much is it, how much of the Constitution is in passive voice. Um, so the difference being like, uh, Patty threw the ball to Paul. That's active voice. Passive voice is the ball was thrown to Paul. So in other words, the, the subject is not there. The 30, 38% of the Constitution is in passive voice, which makes people think that it applies to everybody. It doesn't apply to the states. It's a doctrine of government. It's a, it's a charter of governance for the, the federal government. And in the Second Amendment, the, um, not, the infringement shall not be infringed. That right there is where you got the passive voice. Shall not be infringed clause. 
applied to the federal government, not the states. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it's <laughs> it's playing the people. Everything. I know. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm getting I'm getting too wonky, but it's just kind of the way I am. Hey, yeah. no, that's and that's why you have your show here on Sunday. So this Sunday, <laughs> uh, right. Kitchen Table Progressives, hosted by Paul from Seattle. What, uh, what what's the times this weekend? Is it back to six? Or you you said you're doing a longer one? No, no, no. Uh, I'll, I'll be back on at six. Uh, and this weekend, uh, no, uh, because of the fact that the have you noticed this that the New Year being on Monday, New Year's Day. Like, like the, the the year hasn't really started yet. It doesn't start till the eighth because everyone's been most. A lot of people have been off still. Yeah. Oh yeah. Traffic like is off. super light in Chicago, by the way. It's shockingly right, right. So, light. Yeah. Right. So, um, it, politics doesn't start till the eighth. So I'm I'm going to be talking about. Uh, uh, I have a special person on who's going to be talking about. Um, we're just going to talk music, entertainment, pop culture, and kind of light light stuff. Um, Kind of a different, a change of pace, and then we'll come charging out with the politics uh, after that. Outstanding. Everyone tune in on Sunday. Thank you for calling in, Paul. Always great to talk to you. Thanks, Betty. Thank you. Take care. I've got to run. I'm super late for my break because we have to get to our first-timer Fridays. We have uh, gift cards to give away from uh, wonderful local businesses and beyond. So I'll tell you more about that when we come back. 773-763-9278. If you've never called the show, we would love to hear from you. The number, 773-763-9278. It's painless. I know some people get nervous. I'm very gentle. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. My friend Marty, he wants to split the party. He wants blue folks and red states to vote green. I can see his point, though. I really got to say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange. Nothing even freaking rhymes with it. What's a battered nation supposed to do? His Royal Orange Highness, he does love to divide us. We gotta stick together and vote blue. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be. I do my level best, yes, it's true. But when I'm voting in November, I promise to remember it's us against him. Gotta vote blue. Don't think I'm a hater, I love Ralph Nader. I don't blame him for the mess in Y2K. With those who represent us, I'm playing the percentages, voting blue down the ticket all the way. Yesterday we were talking a little bit about third party candidates, and I and again I get it. I want to have a strong. I want to have more voices. I do want to have more ideas. I do think that one of the big places we need to be putting our energy is into ranked choice voting. I think that's how we open up a lot of these races and have more people participating and represented. So I think that that's got to be something we all really turn our attention to. It's not going to be this year. That's not going to happen. So we have to be focused on making sure that Joe Biden is reelected. And one of our, by the way, so it is first timer Friday. We would love to hear from you. We have some great prizes to give away from our friends at places like Gindo's Spice of Life Hot sauce brown sugar bakery crave brothers farm said cheese sam's famous salsa timeless toys rollicking buckaroo pepper jam and seasoning blends at the hungry monkey baking company uve kitchen and wine bar right here in chicago and our friends from bootights.com have given us some gift cards as well visit them at bootights.com for some great choices if you wear tights or socks just a lot of, a lot of great stuff on bootights.com so 773-763-9278 is a number 
to call for your chance to win a gift card from one of those great businesses. I want to remind folks that I will be performing uh, at the Laugh Factory on January 28th. That is a 7 o'clock show. We will be giving away some tickets uh, maybe maybe in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll give away some of those tickets as well. It's going to be a great show, including uh, comedian Paul Farvar, uh, among some other talented comics that I love joining on stage. I was uh, talking about what do we need to focus on heading into this uh, election season because uh, it's it's go time, folks. And our friend Larry in Wheeling says on the top topic of what we can do to support Democrats and democracy. Here's an idea regarding putting Joe Biden in the best light. Joan had some great points. Joan said somebody has to take charge of things like. Like lighting when Joe is at a podium because he, okay, I have to admit, because he squints when, when it's bright. I don't know. I don't know about that. that I can see that. Unfortunately, I was thinking that, that President Biden does kind of look like uh, the angry old man puppet that, uh, what's the name of the comic, Paul? Do you know what I'm talking about? He, you know, the pepper and a stick. Very, uh, Jeff Dunham. Do you know, are you familiar with Jeff Dunham? I, I don't think you're on. With, I am vaguely familiar with him. He's the puppet guy, right? He's a puppet uh, guy. Yeah, he's yeah. got different. He's got like one guy in a turban and he's got he's an old guy. Ahmed or something like that. Right. Not not too, uh, not very, uh, I guess. Not user friendly. No. not I actually worked with Jeff, Jeff uh, Dunham back in the 90s. And it was so funny because there, there are comics you work with who get a little angry that their careers aren't farther along. And we were working at the Zanies in, in Vernon Hills and, and he was kind of lamenting where he was. So I'm, I'm glad that he's become wildly successful. At one point was he was he one of the comic back then. Or he was oh, always, he, he was on the tonight show when Johnny Carson was hosting. That's oh, how wow. long okay. he's been doing comedy for over 30 some years. Did he ever get to do panel with Carson? I don't know if he did, but I, but the reason I say pepper on a stick, he had a puppet that was just a pepper on a stick, you know, and he would have like throw his voice into the, the box of puppets and like you know the the puppet the pepper on a stick would correct him from the box like that was kind of what i remember but i was i mean that's that's over 30 years ago um so yeah he's yeah he's always been as far as i as long as i've known him he's been a a puppet comic a ventriloquist yeah Yeah. but i I had to say i was watching joe today and i was thinking of that one puppet do you think that i mean is it the fact that he squints i guess i don't know that maybe he can't read the teleprompter without the i mean i can't i have to have significant amount of lighting to read things yeah but maybe it's the lighting on the teleprompter i don't know i don't know it, it is disorienting to be in the light in general oh absolutely when the bright lights are on yeah it's, it, i mean that takes you would know way better than i do because i've only performed so few times but oh you don't even really see the audience with the lights you have to kind of get used to it well paul uh not once not twice, but at least three times I have fallen off a stage because of the lights. Oh, my goodness. And that was in my 20s, 20s and 30s. I used to fall off. The, I, don't, I don't get that close to the edge anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. Have you ever seen Kelsey Grammer when he fell off yes. the stage? That's so horrific to watch. Yeah. Well, there was a comedian I had on here a while ago, uh, Sonia White, who remembers. And this was in the 90s. She remembers me just go, I li- head over, like, f- my feet. I flipped into the audience. I, I was miraculously was well, I was in my 20s so you can bounce back in your 20s if I did that now it would take me months yeah but she remembers that I mean that's how badly I fell off the stage I, and I, I slipped on the ice on Sunday and I'm still feeling it right yeah I almost wiped out on New Year's Eve the whole parking lot no ice I found like this little tiny like really just about three inches wide maybe 10 inches long and my foot just caught it and I nearly wiped out in the parking lot at the a venue I was performing at on New Year's Eve yeah if I'd fall yeah it's much different in your 50s. Sorry. I don't tell you it's going to get worse. 
I'm really well. Plus, I'm a, I, I'm carrying a little extra weight, so you also fall harder. Yeah, just saying. And get rid of that. I, yeah, I'm so Midwestern now, though, that instead of counterbalancing yourself on the ice and trying to fight it, you just take the fall. <laughs> find, find a soft spot to land on your body. Right. Land. Learn how. You know, when I used to horseback ride in the uh, when I was in Girl Scout camp in the '80s, we actually had. I, I, I used to go horseback riding all the time. We even did like barrel racing, and I did a lot of trail riding. But uh, we we had whole sessions on learning how to fall off a horse. You, and they would take us to this patch of like almost like like almost sand. So it was, and you'd learn how to roll like with your like if you're falling, you have to like tuck and roll basically. Like now, were you on a horse yeah. and you practiced falling off a horse? Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't know if they like, you know, like yep. put you on a ladder and then just fall off. Nope. I don't know. We'd fall off a horse. It just all got, and we all took turns. We learned how to bareback ride and we learned how to fall off a horse. Were the two weird things that I developed skills in as a twelve year old. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know. Forty years later, if I can still fall off that horse the same way, I I might want to give it a shot. So, by the way, uh, one of our listeners wanted to uh, know more about our. Wanted to pull back the curtain a little bit about all the folks here at WCPT. They say they're uh, they're they were. Let's see, from the four zero eight in California. uh, I'm eighty one and had a good run as a broadcasting engineer uh, until just before the, the. the COVID epidemic, although my television station is no more because of mismanagement. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That blows. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If you have a good product and like nobody knows how to manage it, I'm so sorry to hear that. But uh, it says I'm, a, I'm involuntarily retired broadcast engineer, so I know that... Oh, so this is when Turi was uh, in response to Turi being on the air. I know that Turi has a pretty good team who are doing things behind the scenes. So that is Paul Shavari, who was running uh, was running Turi's show in in the uh, previous time slot, and they also deserve to be acknowledged. So Paul Shavari is here tonight. We also have uh, Alejandro's, one of our uh, engineer uh, producers here at WCPT. Andy Miles uh, Badalia Tejada is also one of our producers. Matt Cummings is our operations manager for the station. We have uh, Mark Pinsky as a station manager. Uh, Antonio, so many people. Tim Hogan is a director of our newsroom. Oh yeah, they're they're going to be mad at us, us if we don't name everybody right? in the building I know. now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ah, there's Antonio and Austin Levant, and uh, who else we got? I mean, Renee's back there. She she's working late on a Friday. Uh, Devin Tingle. We've got the guys from the other uh, the other side of the building that work the other stations, like Mike Zark and Mike Mercado. Yeah, uh, we got we got a good team here. We a lot, have a, a lot very of people in this building, in and out all the time. We do. So four zero eight. I hope that you'll continue to listen to WCPT. We love hearing from you. Thank you so much. I is it is it because it's Friday? And uh, and people are like Paul said, it's still the New Year's. That why people aren't calling for first time or Friday. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of slow earlier today. Was it a little quiet? Well, so people are still recovering from the holiday. All right, all right, folks. If you're nervous, I know some people get nervous. Though, before you start working in radio, did you call into radio stations? I did a couple of times, and I'm willing to admit that I did wait on hold for like an hour once just to get in and get cut off after like two words. No. Oh, I try to be. I, that's why you'll see me go past, a, you know, the break is I, I have a hard time cutting, especially if they've been on hold forever. Uh, and I'm grateful for people who want to call and just chat, you know, so I'm sorry that happened to you. It, it's all right. It was uh, a certain sports station in town that really treats their callers kind of bad sometimes. Depends on the show. I mean, you know, it's hit or miss. But And I know that they don't want to let the hosts or the, the guests and the callers kind of rule the show for them. But right. Yeah. I learned quickly, though. Don't wait on hold for an hour. <laughs> no, no, no. Here you can. I mean, if, if, if I, if, and I try, so some folks don't There's know this. 
What was that? There's people that do it. They do. I've seen it too. And and what folks don't know is uh, sometimes, and you can ask Dave and Roosevelt and Jim and a few other folks, uh, during a break, if I haven't gotten to them and we have a guest coming up, I'll jump on the phone with them and say, hey, here's what's coming up. I won't be able to get to you till after 6 or 6.15. Do you want to stay on hold or do you want to call back? I just think that's the, the courteous thing to do for folks. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. especially the guys that you named do dedicate a lot of time to us and listen yeah. to us and want to participate. Yeah. So, we foster good relationships, even though I've never met half these guys. Right. I've met I, Roosevelt. I mean, they're, they're all yes. super nice off the air to me. So yes. I try to apply the same courtesy. Exactly. I've been, so I started calling radio shows because my dad did. My dad would always call into a radio station that I previously worked for, which is so weird. I really wish he had made it to see me work at WGN. I think he would have got a kick out of that. Never, and then he would have been, what was that? He, he never did. I'm so sorry. Well, he also would have been incredibly angry with how things went. So at any rate, he would have really been heartbroken to know uh, how they uh, treat women. Anyway, so I, <laughs> um, I started calling radio stations because my dad used to call in for like tickets and prizes and all kinds of stuff. I don't know if I've, I've, I know I've told this story on, on this show before, but my dad was really believed that if you, because uh, well, we used to get busy, busy signals, he believed that if you just hung in there through the busy signal when someone else hung up, that it would ring. And, and for way longer than I should have, I believed him. Never once did it switch from a busy signal to a ring, ever. Oh, so, wow. yeah, that was, that was, it's like, it's like, if, like in high school when someone says that the stop signs with a white border are optional. You yeah. see that happen to you too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or it's an acronym for slightly tap other pedal. Oh my God. Yes, these and it's the kind of thing you, you have to outgrow. Uh, otherwise, you look really silly in front of other people, which I'm sure I did. But my favorite show to call, WBEZ, I don't know if it was called that at the time, but 91.5 Public Radio, used to have a Saturday morning kids show. Like a kids zone or something. I, I used to like. I used to win prizes from that all the time. I used to do impressions. Uh, not impressions. That's, that makes it sound like I had more than one. It's the weirdest thing. I was Wait, ten. You had one impression that you I did? had one impression that I would do. I can't remember if I did more, but I. And this really came from uh, the Brady Bunch when Peter was doing WC Fields. Well, when I did it, it ended up sounding more like Mae West, which makes sense since they were of the same sort of you know genre of joke telling and and that background so i so i started cuz it it was uh on brady bunch it was pork chops and applesauce right he would do that and thought that was funny so I, I was a big fan and my parents loved classic movies so i watched a lot of may west movies so i started uh won't you, won't you come see me sometime? And I would do it at 10 years old. I'm doing this, not understand I'm doing a sexualized, you know, comic, but won't you, when I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. Right. That's that's good. <laughs> and I did that when I, so I probably, How old were you when you were doing this? I was 10 years old. <laughs> I was 10. <laughs> I was doing Mae West uh, material on WBEZ. And the weirdest thing is, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, have, have my friend Elliot, when he fills in for me, Elliot Serrano. Yeah. So we were at a bar one night. I was telling him that that's when I started be, you know, being addicted to radio. And he, and he sits back and he goes, I remember that. So he used to, because we're about the same age, so he remembers hearing me on the kids' show on 91.5. Because I called all the time. Betty Thomas was on one time. The uh, actress at the time from Hill Street Blues, I think she was just starting to become a director. She ended up directing the Brady Bunch movie. I love that you're throwing these references at me that if I was like five or ten years younger, I wouldn't get I know. I'm very excited. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was a little young for Hill Street Blues, but I'm aware of the show. Yes, Yes. I'm enjoying the nodding completely. 
completely. And uh, and I got to talk to her when I was a kid. Yeah, I, was, I wish I could remember some of the other people because after that programming, they had then Star Wars Radio Theater. Okay. On WB. And again, I don't think it was WBEZ. It might have been. But, uh, but that was so Elliot, big Star Wars guy, uh, he, wa- he, re- he would listen to that and then hear me on the show. I wish we could pull it. I don't know if they have the audio. Like, if, they, if we could find, if I, could, I wonder if I could contact WBEZ and ask them if they have the Betty Thomas interview from their kids' show. <laughs> That's a deep dig, don't you think, to try to find that audio? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, I guess if it's still the call letters, what are the odds they have the tapes? I don't, yeah, they would I be tapes because that would be 1981. Is that is that Jim in there? Yeah, Jim's up here. He's yelling at me to turn turn myself up. <laughs> I, I, I was, all right, I'm, I'm all the way up. Is this too okay, much? Okay, so now he's too loud in my okay. ears because I turned him up on my board. <laughs> Thanks, I wasn't Jim. sure if it was my fault or the station or the the board. It was me. Was it him? Because I have it. I have it past the line that I, it's him. It's you, Paul. Don't point at him. It could be my fault, Jim. That's Jim, our engineer here at WCPT. Another person we need to to sing the praise yes, of to our friend yes. in California. That's Jim. Jim Addy, right there behind the glass. Uh, I I have to go to I, I would I would bring him in studio if I could but I've got uh, I I've got uh, I've got to bring Scott Santos on on clean feed in just a moment so we by the way speaking of Elliot Serrano he'll hopefully he'll be joining us tonight on whiskey and a cookie that'll be coming up at seven o'clock on the Patty Vasquez show page I want to encourage you to uh, join our uh, Facebook family there on WCPT as well as the Patty Vasquez show. The, on the Patty Vasquez show, you can stay up to date on all of the prizes we have, the guests we have coming up. I want to thank, oh, another person, Jerry Walski, uh, the co-producer of this show. He helps uh, wrangle guests and uh, take care of our sponsors and keep our social media pages up to date. So thank you so much to Jerry as well. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we are going to check in with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. Follow him on Twitter and all the places you can find him as well. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal, WCPT 820. We are driving it home till 7 with me, Patty Vasquez. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hey, hey, Happy Friday, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome to the show our good friend Scott Stantis joins us. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. You know, that segment before, I've never heard, I've known you for how many years now? Lots. Oh, lots. You never heard that story yeah. about me and, and Elliot and uh, NPR? I've never heard your impression of Mae West. It's, <gasps> it's oh. amazing. Oh, thank you. I guess I, no, I, 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 guess I should share for our, our listeners now in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, listening on KTNF 950 AM, that uh, when I was a kid, uh, there was a, a great show on our public radio station. I don't know if it was WBEZ at the time, but they had a kid zone show, and I used to call and uh, win prizes, in particular for doing impressions, and my... Um, primary impression was of Mae West. And so thank you, Scott. I haven't done, I've only done it a couple times because it's not, it's not like there's a big uh, clamor for Mae West impressionists. <laughs> Especially 10 year old ones. Now, what, I mean, did you yes. just, what kind of, what, what kind of prizes did you win? A lot of pencils bags or? I won, I won pencils and I won like coloring books. I won uh, frisbee. I think I got like heat, like all the swag, like basically uh, I, yeah. I, had a, I had a WBEZ or whatever the, I, I really can't remember because my parents had the coffee mug. Uh, so yeah, I want to. I want just you know, kid stuff. Nothing. Right. Can you hit? Can you can you hit the Minneapolis to see ends with the, the uh, May West? With the thing? May West, it's really good. Want to come see me sometime? <laughs> so, 
when I'm when I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. <laughs> Watch a pyramid some grapes. It was, but it really was from uh, Peter Brady doing W. C. Fields on the Brady Bunch. So, but when I did it, so he he was trying to come up with a shtick. You know, he was he was trying to distinguish himself, and he was trying to come up with a comedy routine. So he would his thing was pork chops and applesauce. It was all W. C. Fields, but mine ended up sounding like Mae West. So that sounds like Mae West. That's incredible. Thank you. That's wow. And, and for the, honestly, I've known you for thirteen years, I think at least, and I've never heard that. When I was younger, before I really uh, got into stand-up comedy, I considered trying to be an impressionist, but uh, I just, I, I, I like doing not, like generic, non-specific, you know, just sort of voices in my head of what jerky people sound like, <laughs> you know, like with Declan, yeah. right? Like with Declan, when people, you know, because uh, he has a wheelchair that looks like a stroller, and especially when he was about seven or eight years old, some moms would just lose their minds and ask me questions like, how old is your son? He's such a big boy, I still be in a stroller. Why is he still riding around in a stroller? Don't you, why don't you, is it better for him to run around? Like, so I'd rather do those kinds of voices. And you excel Thank you. at those as well. The, the angry voices in my head, yes. <laughs> the angry voices <laughs> in my head. Do you do any impressions? No, I, you know, um, I, I'm terrible at them. I'm absolutely wretched at them, except for people who nobody knows. There's a guy on the PBS station. He does, he did. I don't think he does it anymore. He's, he's head of the, um, planetarium down in like Orlando or something. But he talked like this. He says, and now we're going to Jupiter. And won't that be fun? Oh dear. And you're just going, <laughs> yeah. It was, just, it was just nobody knew who he was, but it made me giggle, and that's what's really important. Right. Well, that, again, that's and that's the thing. I like doing you know the characters in my life, or the way I imagine uh, the best way to present them to an audience is. Uh, well, here's the thing yes. with you and your impressions is your impersonations is that you did your mom, and I heard oh, that for right. I heard that for at least two years before I actually met her, <laughs> and holy Mary, it sounds just. Like her, yeah. I mean, it really does. Sorry if she's listening, but no, your daughter Elliot. Elliot was over at our house one time, and he was he was sitting between me and my mom as I was doing her <laughs> voice, and he said it was the most surreal experience because it sounded the same coming from both directions. Uh, my mother is from northern Mexico, although she lived most of her life until she moved to the United States in Mexico City. So she has a little bit of a combination because, like the the Mexico City accent is different than rural parts of Mexico, and I think she. She has a little bit of a blood. Like my sister Alejandra has a very, and my sister Dorita both have very Mexico City accents. It's a little more clenched Can you give in the us jaw. An example? I mean, uh, I, I've, I've never really. Um, so my sister Dorita, when she came to my wedding, uh, she's not. She does not speak Spanish. Speak English very much or very well. And so when she, so when she would do it, it's a little more back in the throat. So she would, she would say hello. My name is Dora, uh, and they would start talking to. She's like, that is all the English I know. <laughs> so it has a little bit of my mom, but it's a little more, it's a little more clipped for her. I'm not saying all pe- people who live in Mexico City. It's like Chicago. We have an accent compared to oh, God, people yeah. in Wisconsin, right? Which you know, it, it, my mom's hometown is much farther than that, farther north. Uh, so my mother's accent um, is. It's just very. It's funny because I, I, my husband goes, you know, sometimes you make her sound a little Russian. So. 
But my, I, I often talk about my mom. But my mom, I have to, if she is listening, uh, I have to tell you, my mother. Uh, I don't know if uh, she's just come to a point in her life where she's feeling a little more at peace with things, and because she has lived an amazing life. My mother is eighty-eight years old. Uh, you know, owns the home that we all live in. She has been able to provide a really wonderful environment for us all. And I, my material does talk a little bit about how she's a little judgy. You know, when I came home from college one time, she's like, "Patricia, you are getting." A fat ass. It looks like you put yeast in your ass and it's just rising. And, <laughs> and that was a little rough to take. Uh, and you know what's funny is that like, like people will say, well, you know, maybe she just, you know, she, she doesn't, that's just her way of letting you know that she, maybe she's not trying to sound so critical. And that's possibly true because when you learn a language, uh, you know, as you get older, you don't have all the nuances and the, yes. But so I will say, she's been telling me how great I look lately. And I, I'm like, Oh, thank you. You know, she says my oh, skin wow. looks great, that uh, I look very healthy, that, uh, you know, and I'm heavier than I, way heavier than I was uh, when she would say things like, you're not going to believe this for the first time in your entire life. You look good. And then I turned around and she said, never mind. And uh, <laughs> God, oh my God, <laughs> mommy, if you're listening, I love you very much. Um, but I mean, and she knows I, this. So your point about uh, doing impressions—that—that uh, that was really how I started doing stand-up comedy. Was telling stories about my mom, and what I would work in retail. I used to work at the Limited in Evanston when I was a grad student at Northwestern, and I would have. And again, these are the voices of the customers. And this woman came in one day, and she's like, uh, "What goes with black?" And I was like, uh, "We have a lovely broomstick that might work for you. Maybe this jack o' lantern." So that's I started. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, not to her. It was okay. my. It was my bit. Well, oh, okay. It's funny because I I do several. I, I talk about several customers. It actually was just this one day with this woman. She was in the store for hours, and she made a massive mess in the dressing room. She like d- didn't bring anything out to me. We didn't like have any policy. Like you know, only ten items or whatever. This is nineteen ninety three, and she and in maybe we had a policy, but she didn't follow it. Just stacks of just throwing clothes all over the dressing room. She bought. I would say about $400 worth of clothing, which is pretty good in the 1990s when you're, you know, trying to meet a sales goal. You feel really good. She returned everything the next day. And, uh, so, yeah. And the, oh and the other, which is, it happens. But she, she made me run around the store saying things, you know, she'd ask me like, I'm going on a cruise. What should I wear on a cruise? I'm like, I'm making minimum wage kissing your ass. I'm not really up on the cruise fashions. <laughs> These are the things I said in my head to myself. And, uh, and like, and that was how I did the bit was I had, I had like me, like I had her saying something and then I would have like my internal voice and what I actually said to her. And at one point she goes, uh, I'm going on a date. And I was like, sure you are. And, uh, what should I wear on a date? And I was like, maybe a paper bag, which is mean. That's a mean thing to say in your head. That uh, is mean. That was mean. So, but, uh, that was how I started doing stand-up comedy was they say okay you know you and i are both humorists and a lot of people think that to be funny there has to be a certain amount of meanness do you agree with that oh yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, absolutely okay see yeah no i always we've had this discussion before I, i there's always a victim of a joke jokes always have a victim there's always someone who is the butt of the joke or the victim of the joke or you know um why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Well, you're the victim there because you're the person who didn't know that that's the most obvious question. Ah, the most obvious I see what you're question. saying. And, you can, and I so can be the victim of my own jokes, which is, I think, the way yeah, I think of it. Yes. Yeah, there's always – exactly, exactly. Okay. Like, yeah, you don't have to go out and tell people to wear a paper bag on their head. You can say, I have to wear a paper bag on my head. I right. Mean, 
When you start talking about writing humor and thinking about humor and creating humor, it gets so unfunny so fast. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> a thousand percent. Do you have a bubble with a thumb in it on your on our Zoom? Did you I see have it? no idea. It just does Where it does like come randomly. Yeah. I have no okay. idea. We're, we're we, yeah, we're. <laughs> Actually, people know we are on Zoom. I know that. I was, so I was trying to line Scott up my computer so that I'm also looking at our live stream, so I don't, you don't see the top of my head, which I don't know if I have any bald spots. But yeah, so on the Facebook live stream, you see me kind of looking down because I'm talking to Scott on a uh, on our Zoom right there. So I guess I should. Oh, look at that. Right, there you go. <laughs> so there's my camera. It's, there we go. But so yes, okay. It, so it I have be, a question for you. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. What's your question? I'm excited. Oh, I'm I want, and I'd like your input. I really am serious here. Uh, a friend of mine, he is the former rabbi for the Reformed Temple here in Birmingham. Uh, Jonathan, we'll call him that because that's his, you know, name. <laughs> and um, so Jonathan calls out of the blue two days ago and says, you want to go to Israel? Yes. No. Yes. No. Hmm. That's rough. Yes. That's exactly what I've been going through. So, hmm. you know, the pluses and minuses, I, I've never been. Uh, have okay. you? I have not, but you know who you should talk to. I know exactly who you should talk to. Dave okay. Lundy. Really? Yeah. You know Dave. He's yeah. been in Israel. You don't you don't want to talk to Dave? You don't have to talk to Dave. It's just the first person I think No, of. no. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know I that many people have been just... to Israel, and he's somebody I know that's been to Israel. Okay. Yeah, but you I have mean. His info. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to talk to Dave? I'll tell I, No, I, I do. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I just think that he might have more uh, people that he can, you know, he can base a, a more rounded opinion on whether or not you should go to Israel. Do you want, do you want listeners to tell you? 773-763-9278. Scott has been invited to Israel. Are you speaking? Is this her a speaking engagement? No, no, no. It's purely just to go and look at things and uh, go with a, with a rabbi friend of mine who's been okay. there several times. Uh, it won't be touristy or very... I'll be somewhat touristy. I guess it kind of has to be because I've never been. Um, but I'd, I'd like to. I mean, if if I came to you tomorrow and said, "Patty, do you want to go?" You know, with me and some, another friend off to Israel, you would say, "I don't know. I don't know." If you if if it was a year ago, <laughs> I might have a different. Yeah, it'd be heck yeah, right? Right. Yeah, I was invited. Look, I, I have uh, been invited throughout my career to go to places that are hostile. And, you know, with the you go into the green zone or going to perform for the military. I, I have never said yes, because I would love to. I just have too many responsibilities to uh, to be, mm. be in a situation that might be. I mean, and, and look, as, to the best of my knowledge, nothing has ever happened to the performers that have traveled uh, with the USO or other groups. I just uh, I, it would just be too, too stressful. I have I get too much anxiety as it is to even be able to do that. I, I, I'm the primary breadwinner for my family. I'm the only breadwinner. Uh, so yeah. I, I have, yeah. it's a lot. I don't know what my life insurance policy, I should probably look into that. <laughs> so No, like you, I used to, you know, my, my, ho my hobby before used to be climbing to the tops of buildings by any means necessary, except you can't break in. You, I could not, ever, you know, I would take doors off hinges, but you, you can't break anything. That was my my rule. Okay. But, you know, I was in Milwaukee. We just had our first son. And I was in Milwaukee at the hotel. And there was a drain pipe that went up a story and a half. I started to climb it. <laughs> and it was about 20 stories above the street. Uh, and I got about halfway up. I went, what the hell am I doing? Like See, you just said, I yeah. was the primary breadwinner. I actually, if I die, it actually would matter. <laughs> you know, it's right. more than, you know, my friends. And... um so, yeah, I climbed back down, and I've never done anything like that since. Oh, so going yeah. to 
Israel, I think, would be a fantastic experience, especially at this time. I'd love to see you know boots on the ground talking to elected officials, talking to people in the street. And I don't know that I would get to Gaza. I doubt it. Right. Would, would Janine go with you, your wife? No, no. Well, in fact, that's why I'm asking so many people, because I told Janine and she said, oh, not just no, but hell no. Oh, well, then I, I don't think that I don't. Why are you talking to us? <laughs> because, because, I, because everybody okay, else I've talked to. No, I would say no. Cause I'm going to take Janine's. I'm going to I'm going to go with Janine already said no. She said hell no. Yeah. <laughs> everybody else I've talked to said, yeah, they doubt you. Know, you should go. You should go. You should go. You should go. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've never done anything like that. I've never been to like you. I've never. I've. I've I've never been to a war zone. I've never been to a hostile environment like that. Right. And I think it would be interesting, but it's, it's 64, the, the age to do that, to start doing that kind of stuff. Um, tell, tell Janine I was uh, on her side. I'm going to take a break here. I, I will. She will. She will love you forever for that. Believe me. <laughs> That's so funny. Does anybody have any thoughts on whether or not Scott Santis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and contributor to Center Clip, I got back up with two this week, Scott. I saw that. Yes. So I, you're, I think, you're going to get that damn gift card. Uh, you know, I still haven't gotten my ten from uh, the one, the last round. Uh, I, in a few, they're, they're all missing. So, it's, it's, but I'll, I'll do it regardless. And then um, I don't know why I'm telling people this on the air, but there it is. Uh, Center Clip is a lot of fun. You've got uh, voices from the, the wide ranging political backgrounds and, and perspectives. Uh, find Center Clip on Twitter and uh, follow Scott Santis because he'll be tweeting out his uh, commentaries as well. Follow him on Instagram and Facebook and go to gocomics.com to find all of his work and uh, chicagotribune.com as well. Let's take a break here and continue our, oh, yes, and daily Dallas, Dallas, Morning, Dallas, News. Dallas Morning News as well. Congratulations on that. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM. Hi to our friends in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. We are on with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. Scott, we have a uh, phone call from a uh, listener. And uh, this is, I think Jim's been on hold for just a little bit. Thank you for hanging in there, Jim, in Chicago. What's on your mind, my friend? You're on with me and Scott Santos. Uh, Scott, Happy New Year. I don't know if, you, if you've seen this commercial down in Alabama. I was running down there. But they can tell you that heaven or hell, they can definitely tell you if you're going to heaven or hell. Oh, jeez. And, 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 sure and I'm sure the criteria is if you vote Democratic, you're going to hell. And if you vote Republican, oh. you're going to heaven. But if you're a third party, you're, if you're a third party, you're going to purgatory. So, oh, but anyway, have you, have you seen that on TV down there in Alabama? No, I, I have not oh, seen right. that one. It, it's, on every, it's, on every, it's on every, it's on every, it's on every channel now. We can tell you if you're going to heaven or hell. Now, this is a, this is a absolutely <laughs> otherworldly 
Uh, oh, no, it's tough. bizarre. It, it, the religiosity and the injection of religion into the politics down here is so – when I first moved here, you know, you got to think. I'm from Southern California. I'm not used to this stuff. And um, they had – I'm trying to remember the commercial. Jim, it was two, like, like two guys in bib overalls at the diner and the waitress with the heart of gold. And they're talking about – oh, that was it. Yeah, she says – and – and I forget what his name is. Let's say it was, you know, and and Steve Jones likes homosexuals. How dare going, you talk about my husband that way? He, lo- he, well, he does love homosexuals, but so good. <laughs> no, no, no. But I thought it was a joke. I started laughing until it was paid for by, you know, paid for by Scott Dennis for Congress. And it was just like, oh, my God. Wow. They had a guy running for Supreme Court. Who there's a stack of law books at the end of his commercial says he'll rule by the book. He slams the Bible on top of the law books. I mean, it is you cannot it's, imagine. It, no, Scott, I agree. It's it's gone beyond the, it's gone beyond anything in my comprehension. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, it's uh, it give you the willies. Really, it give you the willies. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, did you see that you uh, know, Donald Trump tweeted uh, or truthed or whatever the hell it's called? Truth that he is God's chosen candidate. Yeah. You're going to hell if you don't vote for him. That's, I think that's probably the criteria for this commercial. But let me go ahead. Well, a, let's be clear. Do you really want to hang out with him? Do you want, really want to hang out with a bunch of Trump supporters? Cause, yeah, really. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, anyway, uh, it's, no, too much. You're right. it's too much. No, I you're right. It is way too yeah. much, and he plays yeah. to it. Obviously, you remember that thing when he walked across the street and tear gas with the upside down so, Bible, the upside down yeah, Bible, yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and now now they pray over him when he goes into the. Uh, and he needs all the prayer he can get. Please believe me, because if I was betting heaven or hell, I'd have to lean a little bit toward hell. But anyway, uh, but I'm not sending anybody anywhere because that's not my job, you know. But. Uh, it's just absurd. It's it's in every commercial. But anyway, you have a great New Year, Scott, and good hearing your voice. You thank too, you, Patty. Happy good New weekend. Year, Scott. I'm sorry. I'll happy New Year, Scott, Jim. but also Jim. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank welcome. you. Yeah, Jim. Thanks. So you got a lot of buttons over here. I have not heard that commercial, but honestly, no. down here, it's one of the things that drives you nuts about the politics down here because it's a beautiful state. I'd still like to get you down here, Patty, and show you around because it's gorgeous and the people are terrific. But it's just there's something in the water. I don't know what it is because the politics are just crazy. Yeah. And. The, like like Jim mentioned, the, the injection of re- religion. And to me, re- you know, I'm, I'm a practicing Catholic and I believe in my faith and it's, I believe it makes me better, makes my life better. But I wouldn't for a moment, I never have, said, Patty, have you heard the good word? Oh. You know, I've never – well, here. Let him talk for me. <laughs> Scott has a, uh, a action figure pope. Is that, yes, John, is that John Paul? Or, or no, it's Francis. Oh, Francis. Francis? Oh, yeah. See, this is, looks good. That's a nice one. Hiya, Patty. How are you doing? <laughs> Where did you get this doll? Give me a high five. Here you go. High five. Pope. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> I got it at the Catholic, some Catholic store. Um, that's the other thing down here. This is hilarious. There's a Baptist bookstore, and any Catholicism is in the cult section. I'm not kidding. Oh, dear. That's really funny. So Catholicism is not very uh, well regarded in Alabama? It is less. I think it's around 2.5% of the population of Alabama is Catholic. 
So when I got the job at the Chicago Tribune and I moved up there, and there are many, many Catholics up there, it just felt like, wow, they're not, they're not, they're not saying, you know, pointing at me and hiding their children, say the Papist taint is there. Yikes. Get behind me, Satan. No, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> have to. That's Satan. I need to take a break, Scott. We're hanging out with Scott Santos, okay. the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. We'll continue our conversation when we come back in just a moment. We still have the phone lines open. I have a gift card or two to give away for a first time or Friday if you want to join and you haven't had the chance. We'll have the phone line, 773-763-9278. And I want to invite you to my uh, performance at the Laugh Factory coming up on January 28th. You can go to laughfactory.com for tickets. The showtime is at 7 o'clock. And uh, comedian Paul Farvar will be joining me as well. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal, and KTNF 9.50 a.m. in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I love that Scott and I are both bouncing our heads dancing to some of the uh, audio put together by our very own Dan Levy. Uh, Dan Levy is on another radio station. I don't know if it's tonight, but he's going to be on with uh, uh, somebody to talk about the best uh, what, the thin crust. I mean, the thin crust tavern style pizza versus deep dish pizza in Chicago. So, oh. That's not a debate. I know. It's, That's like, it's thin crust all the way. Yeah. And get it well done. Absolutely. You get it well done so that the cheese kind of caramelizes a little bit. And the, Ooh, and the, cr- the so crust. crunchy? The oh, crunch? oh. oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm going to start getting hungry. Are you joining us for a whiskey and a cookie tonight? I'm going to do it for my car because right after the show, a friend of ours, the son, is going into the ar- army. Oh. He's, he's, he's going out this weekend. So we're going to go have a little thing tonight to go say goodbye. So I'll, if you don't mind me calling in from the streets of Birmingham, Alabama. I don't mind. I wanna, we want to see the streets. We'll, it's kind of hard in a car to see outside, but we'll see you. There's and nothing you can, to see. You can describe me. all of it. Right. <laughs> look. Oh, look. There's a barbecue. It's a pizza hut. There, is there a pizza hut? Oh, look, still? a Chick-fil-A. Do you know there are pizza huts around the country? They're starting to profile them on on social media. The ones that look exactly the way they did in the 1980s with the table, the red and white checkered tablecloths, the yeah. tall red plastic glasses, the, uh, you know, the, the kind of light fixtures that they had. They look like Tiffany, but they, I think they said like Coca-Cola or whatever. Because uh, I, okay. I don't know if I ever told you this, and I don't think you'll be surprised. I was a waitress at a Pizza Hut here in 1987. It was the it, and the reason I know that, as you, uh, I think I've told, uh, I, I keep very for whatever reason I had very detailed journals in my in high school. Oh, and so uh, I have I used to keep track of how much I was earning on lunch shifts because it was the last big teacher strike. I was a junior in high school, and we had a, a long teacher strike. It went for like six weeks. And uh, so I was working lunch shifts at Pizza Hut in Park Ridge. <laughs> so there you go. 
Oh my gosh! So okay, you, did you make good money? I mean, with the lunch, only with the lunches. 1987 money. Yeah, because right, but the lunch shifts were very good because there was a bank, there were businesses around there, there were doctors' offices. Oh. At night, it wasn't great because you know people had a lot of really? different choices, and it was mostly teenagers at the time that would hang out at, at Pizza Hut. So I would oh, end up with like a table, tippers. yeah, pile of Parmesan cheese and some pennies was what I would get sometimes. But <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So that was. Is there any place you haven't been a waitress? For? That's why I knew you wouldn't be surprised. Uh, let's see. I worked at uh, <laughs> Planet saying. Hollywood. I believe I've mentioned here before that I was uh, yes. No, I'm, no, I'm counting. Oh, you're counting one as where I was a sir. Just restaurants alone. Okay, let's go back a little bit then. So let's go. I was at. Uh, I'm trying to remember the order. I might not have the order correct, but definitely Subway. Well, there won't be a test. Later, okay, so. good. I, I have a list somewhere. Uh, Subway, Pizza Hut, Hollywood Hot Dog, Brown's Chicken. And then in, in college, I didn't really – because I became a lifeguard for two years. So I stopped waiting tables because I loved lifeguarding. But then I went back. I was like – because I like the cash. So I started working at the Roxy Cafe in Evanston. I worked at Bennigan's briefly, also in Evanston when I was a grad student. I worked at uh, Planet Hollywood. Cactus. I loved the cactus. Cactus was a – it was right across from the, the the stock exchange, the commodities uh, over we were over on oh, Wells. Oh, how that must have been! That was a blast. I, I like that job a lot. Uh, I was a, a cocktail server there, and they even like I bartended briefly. It was great because it was all sort of Jimmy Buffett style. So we had a, we had slushy machines. So that's like all the, the oh. drinks were. So it was yeah, it was yeah. like you know you get you get beer, wine. We didn't have to do like really you know. High cocktail, you know, to worry about mulling a cherry or whatever. Uh, and so, anyway, that was a lot of fun. Then I was a bartender and server at the Grizzlies Lodge. Yeah, I, and the other going back, I loved Roxy Cafe in Evanston. It was kind of an upper, you know, class restaurant, a little more fancy. Uh, but I couldn't. The the line chef hated me because I couldn't carry more than two plates. They had it where they would line up the plates on your oh, arm, yeah. like four plates. I couldn't carry heavy trays. Um, that also was a problem at uh, at Planet Hollywood. They had these massive trays, and then they would stack. Like if you had hot dishes, you know they had that silver cover that goes on top. They would sometimes stack two on top of each other. And I'm so glad I never hurt anybody. But I remember one time I was coming in, and I had I could feel it tilting. It was out of balance, <laughs> oh, no. and I like I oh, had to God. like catch it with my other arm and not and oh, not to, yeah dump it out on people. Did you Did you catch it? I did. I catch. I caught. I catched it. Yes, I caught it. Yes, I caught the tray. So those are those are the serving jobs that I can oh, remember. That's only ten. Yeah. That's not not well, that's just the jobs in the food industry. Then I also worked at The Gap, The Limited, Marshall Fields before it was Macy's. I, I had over 40 different part-time jobs before I became Have a stand. Really? Oh, yeah. I, all kinds of stuff. My very first job was there was a nail salon in the Cumberland. There's like a little, like a weird little mall that has doctor's offices. They had an old style Italian restaurant and like this little kiosk back again. And it was 198. This would have been 1986 um, and uh, 1985. And I, after the nail salon closed, I went in and cleaned all their equipment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just remembering because it was like oh, dead skin. Goodness. I cleaned all the equipment for like the pedicures, the manicures. I I oh. sanitized all the uh, scissors, the nail clippers, all the like the scraping equipment and stuff like that. And yeah, it was really gross. I made two dollars and fifteen cents an hour in because uh, I was yeah I was supposed I was supposed to be working. Then I did. That was your first job. That was my first job because I went. My doctor's ah. office was there, and I walked by, and they said looking for you know teenagers to do 
part-time work and I so took, when okay took that job. I, 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 let's, yeah. not to get into the tall weeds of this sure. or anything but I'm curious what time did you have to start that job Here, here's the thing and the re, there's a reason I ask so yeah. go ahead and answer the question. seven to nine so I worked 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. just two hours uh, five days I okay. think it was three or four maybe it was the whole week because I went to Lane Tech I would go to swim practice and then I would get on the blue line train it was right it was right by the blue line train I could walk or take the bus to the uh, little mall there and I would yeah so I would work five days five days a week Wow. Yeah. wow. I didn't last PM. long. I didn't last there long because I hated it. It was gross. Oh, it sounds horrible. It was gross. My first uh, job, I was a dishwasher at a country club. Ooh. And if they had a party, you could not leave. You, you can leave when you wash the last dish. Oh, That's no. where you can leave. Rich people can, an, can drink and stay late. Oh, that and I'm 15 years old. So I'm getting home on a school night at 2 a.m. <laughs> I'm still like, no, how did no, my no, parents no. let me... Yeah, no, no, that's, my parents just didn't care. That's really apparently. what it comes down to. They yeah. just, I was the fourth of four boys. They, they, they had three others just like me, you know, just fine. Have fun. Just, yeah. yeah. Don't it call was, um, I just was calls the police job. officers. It was a horrible job. It was good well, for your pores, wasn't, though. Well, wasn't it good for your skin? Yo, my God, I was <laughs> glowing. I looked so young. Um, I looked like a fetus. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I'll never forget the chef was actually a pretty cool guy, and obviously on drugs because you know he was a chef. That goes, uh, and uh, he would leave the walk-in open for us. He said, "Just, just take, just do whatever you want." So we're the last ones there, and we'd make like lobster sandwiches. Oh, <laughs> that sounds it was ridiculous. The stuff. Oh yeah, it was wow. crazy. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I worked a lot when I was a kid. I, I was the assistant manager at a laser tag place because it was right downstairs from where I lived. I, we lived in a very retail place. It was it was great. Uh, I was I was really? harassed a lot. My, I don't know if my friend uh, Dan Zilikowski is listening, and I probably got his name wrong, even though I've known him for almost 40 years. Anyway, um, Dan Z. I called him Dan Z <laughs> up until about six years ago, and I was like, I have to tell you something. I don't know how to say your last name. Zilikowski. Dan Zilikowski. Um you can text me, Dan. That's fine. So he uh, he and I have been friends ever since I was uh, the assistant manager at Laser Zone, and he and his and it was Phil, Dan, Ken, and a couple Joel, uh, Joel who also worked with me. Joel was my prom date. Uh, we, he, he went to a suburban school and I went to Lane Tech in the city. So we went to each other's proms Figure, you know, my thinking was, oh, yeah. I'm going to spend this much money on a dress. I may as well wear it twice. So we went as friends. He had, he, his dad had a Corvette, so that helped as well. I'm just saying, it's kind of fun to go to prom in that. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked it. Um, but Dan and, and their, their team name was team wild. Uh, so they had, we had like leagues. Uh, at Laser Zone, oh, and of course you did. Uh, yes, of course we did. And uh, there were there were people who I know this is hard to believe that uh, as a teenager I was very um, you know I had a lot of confidence and I what? spoke my I spoke my mind and I was not easily swayed by people <laughs> being jerks and complaining about stuff. One guy told me I was an abortion that survived. Was yeah. Uh, one other guy, and I've been the same guy. Said I was the kind of woman that made men gay. I was I was 16 years old. These are the kinds of things that uh, people were saying to me. So that was fun. Okay. This is that's, is that the kind of crowd that laser tag that, attracts? That's no, no, no. no. That, I would say that that was just. I, I think it was the competitive nights. You know that I was. They, they were accusing me of I don't know t- being too slow with charging their guns or whatever it was. Yeah. So it's a five volt battery that just charged up your gun and. It was yeah. fun. I, I had fun. It was right downstairs. I could maybe go in there any time of night because I had the keys. Just saying, maybe. 
Oh, really? Kind of, that's a lot of responsibility for a, for a 16-year-old. Yeah, I, like I had a, a master key to my high school, Madison West Senior High School, because we were on stage crew. You have to get up to the to the crawl spaces above. Yeah, and you had to get up to the know, catwalk and, and hang lights. Yeah, right. You can't ask the janitor every time. So they, so our teacher had a had a master key to the school, and of course she gave it to us to open the doors, which we of course then ran really fast to the keymaker place. Mm-hmm. And on the back of her key it said, "Do not copy." So just ignore that. It's for my mom. Just just ignore that part. And he did. So we had like 20 of them. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we could go anywhere in the school we wanted to, which, in hindsight, a lot of asbestos exposure. Oh, man. Just just saying. It's like, I wonder how many of my stage crew friends are still alive. Um. But wow. it was, That's God, wild. it was fun. It just crawling all over that place. Same thing for me, actually. I was at a theater department in grad school. I went to grad school here in Chicago, and I don't know if I should say the name of it because now I'm wondering if my key still works because I also had a oh, master key awesome. to the theater department. I mean, anyway, I, it's been it's been 20-some years, so I doubt that it still works. We are hanging out with uh, Scott Stantis uh, here, and I think that, you know, even talking about our, our jobs from uh, from our teenage days, uh, you know, it was it's amazing to me that in 1985, I was earning, um, at some point, when I finally got a, a job that was paying the minimum wage, was $3.35. I did not know that in Iowa, the minimum wage is still $7.25. And today? Today. Today, Scott. And they are doing everything they can to lower the restrictions on child labor, right? And so, like, in the 80s, when in the 70s, when you and I were working as teenagers, <laughs> yeah. But, no, Scott, there's a teenage boy that just died in Wisconsin because he was working oh. at a sawmill. He and his, his brother would get up early. Like, they would get up at 530 in the morning and go to work at the sawmill. And the, the machine got jammed. He wasn't supposed to be running, be running a mill. His brother was driving a forklift. And, like, this is what they they, they want to make it easier to put more kids in in, in labor and i just don't this was part of what we fought for was shorter work days having you know five days a week and protecting children from unfair and dangerous practices so i I really don't and it's not just iowa it's it's places like missouri all these places that by the way are the ones that uh, have the strictest abortion you know yeah, policies of course, of course so they want they want the teenagers to go to work and get pregnant so they can create more teenagers that also go to work and get pregnant i just well the and they work cheap and don't forget i just have my first grandson he's now uh five and a half weeks old and he has tiny little hands so he could go to work in a munitions factory tomorrow right and start pulling his own damn weight wow <laughs> <laughs> how is baby Hugo? I'm kidding. I know. How is baby Hugo? Hugo's great. Hugo's healthy. He loves uh, looking at his lamp and he likes uh, XTC, the, 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 the 80s group. Oh, I thought you meant like the, the narcotic. He no, no, ecstasy. he doesn't do ecstasy yet. No, no, that, that comes <laughs> later. <laughs> comes later. We are hanging out with Scott Stantis. He is the <laughs> political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Daily Morning News. Follow all of his work uh, on his Instagram and Twitters and, and Facebook. It's Scott Stantis, S-T-A-N-T-I-S. And you can go to gocomics.com and catch our little mini podcasts on Center Clip. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal and KTNF 950. 50 a.m. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
We are joined by Scott Santis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. And uh, Scott, we haven't even said Happy New Year to each other. I mean, I know we have uh, in our on our phones, but Happy New Year, Scott. Happy. Happy New Year! Hey. What did you do? Did you actually get to midnight? Uh, I had so much fun. Uh, sorry, I wasn't with my family. Oh, tell. But, uh, do I was, tell. I was at Memories Ballroom in Port Washington, Wisconsin. Did I not send you the picture of my, like, the most Wisconsin New Year's Eve you could possibly have? I. <laughs> the audience was amazing. Thank you to everyone who came out to Port Washington to see the show. And is many, this a dinner club? It's a, it, it is a, it's a, they have a theater uh, showroom. They've got a beautiful stage okay. and uh, they do a, a dinner buffet and uh, I highly recommend if you're in that area to, to stop by Memories. They have me... Okay, so this is what happened. I haven't told the story this week yet. I, I told some of it. After the show, thank you to everybody who also bought a shirt. I sold a lot of t-shirts on New Year's Eve, so that was very kind. Nice way to go into the new year. And and then I was hanging out with everybody, and I, but I, was, I, I wasn't with my friends and family, and if I'm going to be celebrating New Year's, I, I was like, this is getting a little too much. Everyone wanted to talk to me, and I, I don't feel like dancing. I just wanted to go have a beer. So I stopped at a... a um, I should look it up. I stopped at a Wisconsin bar and it was so t- they had a buffet out of sort of it was all cheese, sausage, <laughs> big crock pot of buffalo cheese dip, which was amazing. So I have a picture. I'll send it to you of, oh, yes, uh, please. of, of a beer and uh, just hold on. let me see. I can also find the name of the. But so I was I was at the bar and this guy came up to me and he goes, do I? And it was it was not at all like predatory at all. He was, you know, you can tell the difference between some someone flirting and you know i was i didn't feel bothered or i didn't feel intimidated or uncomfortable sure. he came over and goes hey do i know you you know very matter of factly and i was like no no I, i'm not i'm not from around here he's like no i know you from somewhere and i was like no i, I don't know you goes hold on a second and he ran out to his car and he came back with a brochure and it was for memories ballroom his mother owns a printing company in town and i'm on the front of the of the brochure so he's been they've been looking at my face you know on the front of this brochure is the comedian and he was like i knew i knew you because they've been they've been printing and distributing these brochures for memories ballroom so that was kind of cool well, I told you, I actually texted it to you. I was walking around visiting some friends in Kenosha around Christmas, <laughs> and all of a sudden I turn a corner, and there's this <laughs> this big old face staring back at me, and it's Patty. Hi. There she was. There I was. It was. That's there a, she a, was. Okay, I, I have to be really honest with you about something, Scott. Uh, it occurred to me okay. that night that I was in uh, that I was in Port Washington. I think that, and, and I please forgive me, everyone here in my own home state of Illinois and uh, of my city of Chicago. For some reason, the audiences in Wisconsin are very, 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 very kind to me. I don't know what it is. Like oh. just they're they're always. Uh, uh, I would if, you know because usually people will ask us you know do you do as well in the South which I do fine in the south i've i actually performed at the stardome in alabama for three weeks and i've been in nashville tennessee i've, I've been all over atlanta and you know all, jacksonville florida myrtle beach south carolina uh, and good good audiences but there's something different about the like they just like i don't know what it is I, they they just embrace me incredible it's very I, I just i feel very safe which means that i can play more when i'm on stage so and i don't do any what politics i mean i I don't know. I know what you is. said you don't. You don't know why, but uh, why? <laughs> that, 
I mean, it's interesting. I don't, I honestly, and, and here's the thing. So when I was at this bar in, uh, it was called the Sir, it's called Sir James Pub, I believe is where I was. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Because I want to say that that's where I was. Let me take a look. Because they had like a, they also had sort of a Harry Potter theme going on as well. Um, and it was great. It, good beer, good people. They had a great selection of beers. But the, yeah, that, I feel like that's where I was. And I'll send you the picture of that as well. I don't know why they they like me a lot. I do Kenosha. And the owner of the club in, in Kenosha told me that it's just me and one other comic that can really do that, that room twice a year that people will come back out for us. And the same thing at Memories. He always wants me to come back. Uh, yeah, I, I just I do very well in Wisconsin. And I'm grateful for it. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you, you like your cheese. Well, it was it's, funny. When I was younger, my dad was like, when my dad was sick before he passed away, uh, I came home from Appleton, Wisconsin, and I had sold out shows there. And he goes, he goes, you know, wow. yeah. And he, this is, this is a, what? Oh my gosh. 22 years ago. I just, for whatever reason, I've always done very well in Wisconsin. And so in the bar at the pub, so the guy who worked for the printing company, for his mom's pr- printing company, we had a great conversation. And I swear if they, if they are listening or whatever, if they ever stumble across this, I didn't leave because of this. I was actually trying to leave at some point. It was like now it was about, you know, 1230, 1245. And I wanted to get up and come back home for my family. And uh, they were talking, you know, they were talking about their family and, and uh, taking care of kids. And, you know, she always opens her doors to people who need it and things like that. And she goes like a good Republican. And I hadn't even mentioned my politics at all. And they're, and they're like, I don't know. We better be careful because she's from Chicago. And I didn't say anything. I was just like, I wasn't defensive of, or like anything. I, it was just like, I, 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 but I really had to go anyway. Uh, but I just felt like it, they probably thought it was because they said that. And it was not why. I just didn't know why they had to throw that out there. I was just like, okay. Because that's what we do now. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't find myself out going, that's, that makes me a good Democrat. And I just okay, do let the work show who you are. Like yesterday, ooh, before we go, did Speaker okay. Johnson at the border, right? It, does it say oh, in the Bible, God. if you see a family trying to get across the river, hold a press conference. <laughs> Make sure you don't even look at them trying to get across crossing well, the river. I yes. was just shocked that he didn't try to grab a gun. Right? <laughs> doofus. Yeah, no, no it's, it's, this is a guy who claims to be, you know, we talked with Jim earlier about re- religious and religion and politics. And this is a guy who claims to be, you know, if you need to know anything about me, this is a quote from the Speaker of the House of Representatives of the United States of America in the 21st century said, if you want to know, if you need to know anything about me, just read the Bible. So apparently, especially if you're like a big Leviticus fan, like I am, and I'm sure most of our listeners are, uh, sure. you know, you want to stone, if your daughter talks back to you, you can stone her to death. Yeah. Now, who amongst us doesn't want, hasn't done that? I mean... I mean, really. I mean, what, 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 I'm trying to think of some of the other Leviticus you stuff. You should not wear, um, like, a clothing with mixed fabrics. Uh, right, you, you can kill eat them. shellfish. Right, you can kill them for that. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, All the but so that's what we're learning about the Speaker of the House of Representatives for the United States of America. Yeah. Um, but to, to sit there and watch people, suffering people, people fleeing conditions that you and I cannot even imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very people that I'm not I'm not going to prophetize here too much, but I'm going to say the very people that Jesus said, those you do the least of me, you do to me, that would qualify as the least. Yeah. And uh, for you to have a press conference and belittle and, you know, and, and demean those people is beyond your it's, it's not it, 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 it defines your humanity or yeah. lack thereof. And it just breaks my heart because. 
you know, it's a pro- there is a problem. The border is a problem. We need to regulate it. We need to fix it. We need to manage it. But we don't need to villainize people who don't deserve it. Yep, I agree. Well said, I'm Scott. Anyway, we done. have to run. <laughs> Scott Santos, find him at gocomics.com, center clip at chicagotribune.com, and you can also find him in the Dallas Morning News. Paul Shavari, thank you so much for everything. Have a wonderful weekend. Always great to work with you. Mike Kreutz up next with Devil's Advocates. Whiskey and a Cookie starts in just a moment on the Patty Vasquez Show page on Facebook. And good night, everybody. Have a great weekend.